We've been talking about intercession. What is intercession? Intercession is approaching the king on behalf of someone who has no standing. And so uh, we're going to talk about prayer. And at the end of the service, we are going to pray a little bit. You know, we've been assigned. One of the things, uh, Cornerstone's going to be 29 years old. And so all these years, uh, Pastor Rhonda, she started in the ministry as a missionary to India. Um, I was going to go live in Brazil. My, um, my, uh, what I was called to do was uh, a teaching. And so I was going to help. I was going to have a Bible school. I was going to train pastors and things. And that was my plan. It was a good plan. I was going to eat meat, drink Guadana, and live on the beach. It was a great plan. Hallelujah. And yet that wasn't the Lord's plan. And so this was the Lord's plan, which is a way better plan, and I really love it. Plus, we get to go all the nations of the world. My point in saying that is we were very nations-minded from the very beginning. And that's why you see all this. And uh, somebody just recently asked me, they came to our church, and how did you do this? This meaning, how do you have a multi-generational, multicultural church? And my answer is always, I don't know, God did it. And I've had people come, how do you do this? Well, you just have to be you. And if nobody shows up except they look like you, then probably you have a problem. Because just like children, how many of you know a four or five-year-old, if they're uncomfortable around an adult, you should never ignore that. And your pets, too. Your little doggy nose. Right? And so sometimes people just need to change. I, didn't, I don't know how that, why that came out tonight, but it just came out. I'll tell you, the older I get, the more blunt I get about things. But I'm just telling you um, this. So we really were nations-minded, and we, were, that we just were who we are, and we drew people because we just think everybody's the same. And, um, you know, we all just live in different houses, and that's this house. We all just live in different houses, and that's just, that's just it. And that's, we're simple that way, and don't try and change me because I won't change. I'm not complicated. I just believe the Bible. This is just a temple. And I know there's natural problems and stuff, but uh, this is just a temple. And, it, and, and in Christ, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. we just all the same. And you have, there's two fathers. You're either of your father, the Lord Jesus Christ, or your father is the devil. That's pretty plain. That's pretty plain. And so with that, I don't know why I'm off on all that, but here we go. Um, but I'm telling you, though, the nations and all that, that was kind of our thing. But for me, it was different for her. Reaching out to the lost, all I ever wanted to do was imitate my father in the spirit faith, Brother Hagen, all I ever want to do is teach people how to walk in faith. I didn't really, this is terrible. I used to tell her this and I'll admit it publicly. I didn't really care too much if people got born again. I just wanted to teach them faith. And so I wanted to teach faith. I wanted to teach the authority of the believer. And when we first got married, she was in India and she would go to a village and get the entire village born again. And so then when we got married, you know, she wasn't really happy that she had to give up her ministry in India. She did it for the Lord. Uh, you've ever heard her story about that I was, if she had known better, she would consider me a distraction from hell, she says. <laughs> but after we got married, she began to pray for me because she saw me as a pastor that my heart really wasn't to get people born again. Don't get too quiet on me. Because I'm going to help you. Because I don't know that your heart's there yet. I don't know. Don't, don't throw anything at me. Well, you're a pastor. You should have had it. Well, you're a born again believer. You should have it too. 
You're a minister of reconciliation. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. We're all comfortable with our thing. And we want somebody else to do the thing we're not comfortable with. And so the Lord, so she began to pray for me. And she didn't tell me about it. Well, I'm going to pray for you because you need to, the Bible says a pastor should do the work of an evangelist and you ain't. And so I'm going to pray for you. And that's not what she did. She just prayed for me. And she'd been praying for me, and I didn't know it. And I tell this story all the time. We went up to Hardee's because back then uh, we didn't have bags of money. We had a coupon for a once a week, a buy one, get one at Hardee's. Now, I ain't saying nothing bad about Hardee's, but never mind. It was a buy one, get one free. And so that was our treat, once a week. Once a week, a buy one, get one. That's all we could do. And uh, I went to the drive-thru, and... Uh, I was waiting because, you know, they slowed there. And so um, I was waiting. And so I was talking to the kid. And, man, something on the inside of me was like, talk to him about me. And it was everything I could do not to do it. And I didn't. I pushed it down. And I went home because I'd never had that before. Because in the pulpit, I have an anointing. And I'm teaching people we're talking about authority of believer and how to believe God for stuff and your faith works and all that. And I'm in a drive through and the Lord wants me to talk to this young man about being born again. And does he know Jesus? And I shoved that right on down and got my buy one, get one free and went home. And then I went home and I told her, I said, man, the weirdest thing happened. And I told her the whole thing just like that. And she got so mad. She goes, you're not supposed to push it down. She's like, I've been praying for you. She didn't stomp her foot. I was like, well. And you know, after that, you would think I'd have gotten better. But I didn't. I didn't. I just cared about growing a church, feeding people. You know, I didn't mind if they came from other churches even. And I wasn't out stealing them, especially them denominational ones like me who need to be taught better. So that's, you know, that's how I was going to build the church, build the cornerstone. And so then the Lord had us go to a conference where they were getting people born again left and right. And I was there, and it was kind of out of our camp. It was kind of different for me. And I went there, and I felt like, whoo, I felt like a stranger. And, and she didn't feel so much because of kind of how she grew up. And, and this was strange to me. See, I went from a Methodist to, whether you like these terms or not, I went from Methodist to word of faith. So that's all I've ever known is really word of faith. And I'm grateful for my heritage. People say you don't advertise your heritage much. I'm grateful for my heritage. I'm grateful the Lord sent me to Ramah. I'm grateful for the Hagans. I'm grateful for every book I've ever read, every ministry I've ever heard. Um, I go to sleep at night still listening to my dad in the faith. I'm grateful for it. So I'm not saying that. But I didn't come away from there with a heart for the lost. It had to be put upon me by the Holy Ghost, and it didn't happen overnight, and it didn't happen in one year. So we went to this conference, and I mean, this guy was up preaching about how um, it was some kind, the title of the sermon was like, we're at the bottom of the food chain or something like that. And, and it was like, and then thousands, I mean, no, not thousands, hundreds of people came to the altar and got born again after he preached on humans are on the bottom of the food. food. I like, Lord, I, 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 I can't do that. If this is how it has to be, I don't know. And I remember going back to my hotel room and I cried. And I cried. 
because I can't do that. I know you different than he knows you. I know you as good. Yeah, he was, it, was, it was hellfire and brimstone, and, and, and God's going to squish you like a bug. And I can't do that, because I don't know him that way. I only know him as good. And I believe Romans 2, 4 is the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. I only know him as a loving father. He used to be angry to me, but I don't know him that way anymore. And so I can't tell people that he's going to squish you like a bug if you don't serve him. And, and I'm not real good still at, at pulling people over the hell fires and, and, and you know, I'll give him a book or something, but I don't know how to do that as well yet because I don't know him that way. So I cried and the Lord get, sent me to a scripture. Thank God. Amen. It was the Psalms. And he said, I will lead you by a right way into a holy habitation. So he began from that point to teach me some things. So that night, me and him got some things worked out. And this is what he said to me. You know me. I'm going to get to my sermon because I had not. I think Belinda started messed me all up here. And then now we're here. I'm just going to talk to you from my heart. Because we've got to get somewhere as a church. And I'm counting on you, the core of my apple, to help me get there. The core is where the seeds are. The, the seeds are what causes growth. I need you to be the seed in the core of this apple to reach this, these cities, this region that the Lord has given us. And not only here, but yes, in the nations where we always go. But we did it over there. We need to do it here. And we need, it needs to be part of our daily life. So I just want, I want to try, I'm trying to get to you how I got there. So he, he began to talk to me. He's like, I use you all the time in word of knowledge and gifts of healing. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know me. I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, open yourself up and I will tell you whenever you're preaching, when someone is lost or backslidden in the room so that you know there's somebody there. I was like, oh, that's a good deal. And so then, instead of just doing something, I'm doing it by faith, by the Holy Ghost. I can tell now when I walk in a room if someone is away from God. I can tell if they're lost while I'm preaching. And so sometimes you'll see me, I do it by faith all the time, but sometimes you'll, do, you'll see me do it with fervency and you'll see me not give up because I know there's somebody in the room. And then all this stuff is I don't know exactly how to get everywhere. I just know how to follow him. I know how to follow him, but so do you. Come on, I've taught you how to follow him. The Holy Ghost has taught you how to follow him. You know how to follow him. And we need to follow him not only in our own lives and our own protection, for our own blessings and our own benefits. Yes, God wants all that for you. But there are people that the, the husband one waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And he has long patience for it. And he's wanting you and I to work with him. And so this is one of the best groups I know of. I can talk to you from my heart, but we've got to get going on some things. And, and, and it really comes with intercessory prayer. So my heart is, and, and I've really changed. And Pastor Rhonda can tell you I've changed from, from how long, 27 years going on 28, 26 going on 27. Yeah, I mean, she can tell you from when we said I do to how I am now. I mean, I would have never dreamed while we're eating dinner or lunch to talk to somebody. 
but now I'm looking for it. I'm still working on the technique. We were somewhere recently, and there's this young girl, and man, I just, ooh, the Lord told me some things about her. And I was trying to talk to her. Now, if I had, if Pastor Rhonda hadn't been there, afterwards she told me, she said, if I hadn't been here, that would have been a little creepy. <laughs> and we don't do creepy. You got to be careful. Because I know your heart, but she don't know you. And she said, if you'd asked me this one question, I would have told you it was none of your business. She said, so I'm, I'm still learning. But, but for me, it has to be natural. It has to, and, and, I, and I talked to the girl, and I asked her if I could pray for her. And then I began to, I didn't give a tongue and interpretation, but I began to tell her some things about her heart, and she cried. Because God opened up her heart. And I know that he did something for her. Whether I ever see her here or not. And that's the other thing. I'm not trying to build a church anymore. I'm not trying to build a church anymore. I quit that a long time ago. I'm trying to build a kingdom. Just trying to build a kingdom. Just trying to build a kingdom. Do I want them to come to church here? Absolutely. Do I believe we got some good stuff going on? Absolutely. I wouldn't be here if I didn't think we, you know what I'm saying? I mean, y'all wouldn't be here, right? So there's people that belong with us, but we're not here to just get them to church. We're here to get them into the kingdom. Amen. How's that going to happen? We're going to have to pray. Intercession is something that I told you when I started this. It's very, uh, I backed away from this. And then uh, it's a form of prayer. There are all kinds of prayers. So we left off on a few things. And I meant to do a real good introduction and review of last time. But, you know, if I did that right now, we would just be done in 10 minutes. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to dig into some things. Uh, so when it comes to Jesus, be, Jesus is our intercessor. And you have to understand these things. So I want you to start. Um, let's start in the New Testament, and then we're going to work our way around. So we have to pray. Intercession is approaching the king, someone who has a covenant like you and I, approaching the king for people who are lost, backslidden. They don't want anything to do with God. But it starts from having, it's, I, I guess why the Lord wanted me to share all that was, I'm not praying and interceding for people so I can grow a church. I'm going to tell you again, because you brought it up again, but I don't really want to talk about it anymore, but he does. All right. And so, you know, even like for me, what I've been preaching over the last year or so about if we're going to change our nation, we're going to have to get them uh, born again. And the Lord told me I was carnal. He said, why do you want them born again? Because you want your life better? Do you want your life better? Don't you care about them? Don't you believe there's a real heaven and a real hell? It's just about you and your temporal existence here on the earth. He said it's a byproduct, but it's not the reason to get them born again. Yes, Lord. <laughs> See, this is what I do in front of you. I'll tell you the good stuff, but I'll also tell you the stuff when he corrects me. I'm growing. Are you done growing? I'm not done growing. Hallelujah. And so, oh. I, I just, I want, I believe God's about to do something. I haven't been this excited about something for a while. Um, I see some things that he's trying to do, but I need you. Are, are my, y'all my seeds? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? So let's talk about Jesus, the intercessor. And because if we will take up his mantle, if we'll understand why he's doing. And so first of all, um, he, he is the chief intercessor in this way because uh, without him, uh, he, he, he had to come. 
Um, Job said it. He said, I have no daysmen. What is that? I have no go-between. I need somebody to put hand, their hand on God and somebody to put their hand on me. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus, who is all God and all man, put his hand on the Father and put his hand on humanity, and he put our hands together. And that's what an intercessor does. Uh, an intercessor is, is a go-between. It's someone who comes on behalf of somebody else who is not interested, who doesn't have a covenant, who, um, who is away from. They don't even understand that they have a need. I'm trying to find it. Where's, they move 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Y'all good? So we said this. Um, remember we talked about praying for those in authority? We all liked that. We did it. Remember that? And we talked about some things and we were real plain about that. We don't need to go over that again. Who will have how many men to be saved? It is the will of God for everybody to be saved. It is the will of God for nobody to perish. So seven, uh, how many people are on the planet earth right now? It's hard to keep up with. Somebody told me 7.5 billion, going to be 8 billion by whenever. Hallelujah. And, uh, and um, so that's a lot of folks. How I many of you know the Lord is willing and he's patient for all the fruit of the earth? There has never been this many people on planet earth and he's not willing that they die and go to hell. Hell was not created for humanity. Hell was created for the fallen angel and for the of angels and for the devil. Um, and so we, it is his will. How, what's his will? His will for everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, not just get saved, but come to the knowledge of the truth for there is one God. And one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the mediator of a covenant, but he is also the mediator or he is the intercessor. He is the go-between. Uh, Job, uh, Job 9, 32 and 33 said it, just so I can give you the scripture reference. Job 9, 32 and 33. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, talking about God, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. And then Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, Isaiah 53, 12, talking about Jesus, prophesying forward about Jesus said, therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he has poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors, transgressors. And then Hebrews 7, 25. Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost. Not barely, save you to the uttermost. That come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives, is Jesus alive. He is ever alive to make intercession for them. Now, I'm just going to stick with what the Bible says. There's many different opinions about does Jesus intercede? Do you intercede for Christians? You know what? I'm not going to slice and dice things today, except look at the scripture. Seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. He is able to save you. So at the beginning, when, so for the lost, Jesus has, he is the intercessor. He's the go-between. He's the lamb. He's the one who shed his blood. Without him, there is no salvation. Without him, there is no way to the father. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man gets to the father, but through me, he is the intercessor. He is the only way. And then it says he ever lives to make intercession. So he, he's, Jesus is also, how many of you know that Jesus has a ministry today? He had a ministry was on the earth. He had a ministry before he came to earth. He was the word. And all things that we see were made by him. 
That was his ministry. And then he gave that up and took on human form. Wow. Wow. He gave all, he, he temporarily put that on hold and, and took on the form of the man. He put that deity, he put that on hold, and then he was anointed by the Holy Ghost, and then he had a ministry here on the earth. What was it? Well, he went about teaching and preaching. He went about doing good. He went about healing the sick. He cast out devils. He raised the dead. He multiplied food. Everywhere he went, he did something good, anointed by the Holy Ghost. But then when he was raised from the dead and put his blood on the mercy seat, he sat down. But he still has a ministry today. It's a high priest ministry. The Bible says, how I mean, you know, he's the high priest of your tithe and your offering. He's actively blessing your tithes and your offerings. He's doing something. He's not just sitting on the throne waiting till we get there. He's doing something. He's actively being the high priest. Amen. What else? He's the high priest of your confession or profession. I think we should get him a little busier on that. In other words, he's got to have something to uh, be high priest over. So the words of your mouth, he's the one that is high priest over, making sure those things come to pass. But this is also, as an intercessor, is also one of his high priestly duties. He is ever living to make intercession. Yes, for the lost, but also it seems as though he is praying for us. Let's look at this. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. I want to get to the heart of this, what Jesus is doing. And I feel like it seems like to me, and you know this about me, I, it seems to me from the word that God can't do anything until somebody on the earth asks. In order for him to do something, he knows what we have need of before we ask him, but he said to ask. We looked last week at how do we pray for those that are lost? Well, uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into his field. I don't know whether you know it or not, but I'm praying for you all the time. I prayed for you again today at noon prayer as ministers of reconciliation with the word of reconciliation that you are thrust forth into the harvest field as a minister of reconciliation. So so if you're at a drive-thru or you're talking to a neighbor or you're at a football game and suddenly you had the same urge that I did, do not push it down. Don't come to me and say, it was all I could do. And so I'm like, I told you that story so you won't be that story. Well, I don't know how to do it. The Holy Ghost, will just be you. And then come, Pastor Aldo will teach you how to do it. Hallelujah. Come on, it's getting off on you. It's getting off on you. Well, I, I just believe some people are called to that. You believe wrong. I used to believe that. Well, everybody's not an evangelist. Well, the, the Lord told Timothy to do the work of the evangelist. I needed a heart for the lost. The Lord gave it to me. You can have it too. Amen. It's not just about what's going on in your life. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow caring for somebody else, then the Lord's going to make sure you have a need met. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. He believes in seed time and harvest. I kept struggling with this. I'm going to do it. Last time we were away preaching, um, we were in uh, Champaign, Illinois. 
And uh, we were out afterwards, and there was this couple who uh, moved to Indianapolis, and they started a church, and they have four children, really cute little kids. And they were there, and man, they're well-behaved, all little spiritual things, little, little ducks in the row, you know what I mean? And I just fell in love with them kids, and we were out eating after the last meeting, and I, I didn't have any um, fun money with me. I didn't have any pocket change. And, and so, but Pastor Rhonda always carries some, hallelujah. And so I knew she had a stash. And I said, can I have four $100 bills? Because I want each one of those kids to know, because they just moved from another city to a city they didn't know, and they all loved Jesus. And they were with me the whole, they were kids, and some of them were little, and they were with me the whole time. And when we prayed, they prayed, and they were in there. And I just want them to know that the Lord, and I administered to them, and the Holy Ghost gave me some things for them. But I just want them to go have fun. So I asked mom and dad, I don't think you should ever give anything to children without asking mom and dad. I said, I want to give them some money, can I? And they said, oh yeah. So I told them, they were happy. Now the little bitty one, he couldn't be three or four. Was he four? I said, you, I told the oldest brother, I said, you make sure he knows what that is. <laughs> Don't like toss it aside or rip it up or something or color on it, you know? So, but my point is I sewed that. And when I was sitting, when, when she started, I know that's part of my harvest for that. I wasn't thinking about a harvest when I did it though. I just be real honest. I wasn't, I just wanted to do it. It's fun to give. It's so fun to give. It's so fun to give those kids. I even thought about, let's see if they're, they're there this weekend. Maybe I'll give them a couple hundred this next time. I don't know. I just love it when little, little boys and girls obey God. But anyway, so, but when you sow in ministering to somebody, you'll have a need sometime in your life. You'll have a need sometime in your life, sometime a family member, something. You're going to have a need where you need somebody to go for you. And if you've got good seed in the ground that you're always going, you're always helping somebody else, man, the Lord can arrange things. There's people that you feel like you can't get. Maybe you can't reach your daughter. But if you'll do what God has asked you to do, he'll send somebody exactly to get to them. Amen. Amen. Sometimes mamas aren't always the best. All y'all sitting in a triangle right there. Watch and see. That's you, you can take it too, but I just saw that triangle. Hallelujah. Whatever you sow, you sow that. You got friends and stuff. You go out and do it. The Lord, he, he, he can do things. He can do things. It's not like a, um, is, that a, is that the right way to use that word? That's a big word for me, Lord. Quid pro quo. What's that? What is that? Oh, see, I was right. I don't even know what it means. Hallelujah. Somebody need that lawyer in term. Hallelujah. I don't, it's not that. It's just sowing. Because you care about people. Because you did it, the Lord's able to give back to you. We in our circles know more about finances in that area. But, y'all, that's just a limited, natural way. That's just one way. God is come on, sowing and reaping. He sowed us Jesus so that Amen. Father sowed Jesus so he could have you and me. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is showing this, I am the intercessor. And that he wants us to intercede. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. 
Oh, we could go all the way back up. But um, let's start at talking about the earth waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God in verse 19. That's us. The earth groans and travails. It's waiting for us to be manifest. So it's talking about groaning, travailing. And this says, verse 20, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly but by reason of him who has subjected it in the same hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. So it's talking about groaning and travailing. Um, and then it says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which are the first fruits of the spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So we have this partial, rede- we are redeemed, but we are three part being. And we, uh, I can't wait for the thir- last third of me to get redeemed, to get glorified, to walk through some walls, to eat whatever I want. Without gaining no weight. Jesus ate when he was glorified. I, I cannot wait. Hallelujah. Anyway. Hallelujah. The redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that, has not, uh, that is not seen is not hope. For what man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for what we see not, then we do have patience to wait for it. Likewise. So I went all through that because he says likewise. So then he wants to show us our bodies and groaning and the earth groans. And then he says, and likewise. Now I want to take you here. He said, so I want to talk to you about this likewise. I showed you all that as an example, but this is the meat. Likewise, the spirit, the Holy Spirit also helps our infirmity or it's not talking about sickness, it's talking about weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you makes intercession. What's, What's intercession? Praying for someone that has no standing with the Lord. Praying for someone who's lost, backslidden, undone. The Holy Spirit makes intercession also for us with groanings. With groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the heart knows what's the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So I'm not going to argue is this for the saints or the ain'ts. I just know that Jesus is the intercessor and the Holy Ghost is also the intercessor and they live on the inside of you. And so if they're ever ready to make intercession, the one who is the intercessor then wants to to use you with the help of the Holy Ghost to make intercession, maybe for the saints, but as definitely for the lost. And because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So one of those things is, and not the only way in our circles, we immediately think of praying in other tongues. And that is a part of it, but it's not the only way to intercede. And hopefully one day soon I'll get to that one of these Wednesday nights. But, but just understand that. And then let's look at this. Let's look at Galatians 4 because it's similar. So here it says he's making intercessions for the saints. So the Holy Ghost, the intercessor, Jesus, the intercessor, lives on the inside of you. And he wants to intercede through you and give voice. Who for? For the lost, but just for anybody. Because I love this in Galatians chapter 4. And as your pastor, I have used this and prayed over this. And we, Pastor Ron and I, have used this for you many times. And know that when we get a hold of something... 
Sometimes there'll be someone or something will come on me and a spirit of prayer will fall on me. And, um, and, and I'll know who I'm praying for. I'll know what I'm praying for. But this, I love this, Galatians 4.19. Galatians 4.19, it says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So when we're born again, we're born again. But it's interesting, he will save us to the uttermost. And there's also something about that, yes, we're born again. And even uh, in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6, it talks about uh, laying aside the foundational doctrines. In other words, there's a, there's a maturity that's supposed to come to the believers. There's supposed to be in Christ realities that you and I walk in. And one of the ways, it's not the only way, but it seems as though a person can grab a hold of somebody and travail in birth again until Christ be formed in them. And I've watched in my prayer life in times grabbing a hold of someone in the realm of the spirit and praying for them and we pray for them and it breaks tremendous power available according to James chapter 5 the prayers of the righteous make tremendous power available dynamic in their working and it gives them a supply of the spirit now they have to grab a hold of it but there's something extra that seems to be given to them where revelation can come to them and they can, and I travail and we can travail in birth. Now I'm not talking about where we have, we, we have classes where we teach you how to groan or we, cre if you've ever been around any of that stuff, or if you think we're heading that direction, you'd be wrong. You can't teach someone, you can't teach someone to pray in tongues. You don't whisper in their ear, uh, who stole my Hyundai bow tie, uh, you saw my Kula Baha'i. I mean, that's not how you get filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Those utterance comes from the Spirit of God. And neither can you teach someone to groan and travail. And I think that's why a lot of things I backed away from this because I saw such error and such ignorance, if I can just be plain, and arrogance. Um, a true prayer... When you grab a hold of something, number one, you know, and then the intercessors would be all grumpy all the time. What's wrong with you? Well, I just got a burden. Well, cast it on Jesus. Because you ain't supposed to live that way, and that's an excuse. And if you have, a, even if it's a prayer project for somebody, every time you pray, you should pray to the place of victory. You shouldn't get up until you got some victory. And even if it's a project, a person is a pro, you know what I mean? You're ongoing praying for them. You should have notes of victory and it don't make you grouchy. It doesn't make you downcast. It doesn't make you look like you've been sucking on a lemon or a dill pickle, right? No, because that's what was happening. And that's why I pulled away from it because uh, people took it and then they got very proud of themselves because I prayed you through, you didn't know it, but I prayed you through that. Well, you didn't do much. It, all you did was yield to the Holy Ghost. You can't do anything. My faith and my great prayer life. Mine. Mine. No. The, if the Holy Ghost don't help. And I'll just throw this little nugget at you. There's times I'm praying for people and I can't get him to take hold with me. And if you prayed in a long time, you know what I'm talking about. Praying in the Holy Ghost or praying for someone, you can't just kind of grab it. I was just praying for something recently, a little bit, uh, about someone. And um, 
I was praying, kind of intense about it. And then suddenly, there's nothing left. There's just nothing left. There's nothing to grab a hold of. Sometimes when people make decisions, they just make decisions. And even God can't do anything about it. Oh, yes, he can. You have a will. They have a will. But until they make up their mind, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give them every opportunity. And that's the Lord will use you that way. Amen. Are, are you understand? So uh, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. There's just uh, no get. Come on. As a whole, there's no give up on anybody, whether they're lost, whether they're carnal, whether they're just getting started. Prayer is so powerful and so important. And grabbing a hold of somebody by the Holy Ghost. It's just, it's, it's, it, and, and then to watch it with your eyes and knowing you, you don't get it. You don't need it. See, you don't need any credit. You just don't need any credit because you know, God did it and you're happy to work with him because he's done so much for you. And if he needs you to pray something, if he needs you to say something, then you're willing to do it because he's done so much for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go back. We'll go back to Romans chapter eight. Because it picks up there again. He's not, Paul's not done talking about it to the Romans there. Uh, and then he, verse 28 says, and we know all things work together. So he's talking about uh, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together. Now everybody loves to pluck this uh, scripture right out of its setting and say whatever's going on bad in your life, God will turn it around for good. That's not what this says. And that's not a promise for everybody. Don't get quiet on me. Well, I just believe God will work it to good. Well, he works it to good for who? Jesus said, if you love me, you would obey me. So just because something bad happens, you can't slap Romans 8.28 on it for just anybody. It's right there. I know we like that one. Don't you like God for turning everything around? Well, he can turn around for us because we love him, right? Amen. Okay, I lost a lot of y'all. I'll get you back. Some of you are just thinking. He'll turn everything to good for them that love God to them that are called according to, oh, I'm doing his purpose. For those that he did not foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, those he also called, he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So what will then, uh, will we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with us, with him also freely give us all things? Who shall, lay, who shall lay anything to your, the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is it that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen, uh, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And then it says, who can separate us? He's ever living to make intercession for you. Who can separate us? No, he's invested in you. He's invested in you. If God be for you, who can be against you? In all these things, we're more than conquerors. Who can separate you? What's going to say? What is it? The Lord is praying. He's interceding for us. And so that mantle there in heaven, 
I think he wants us to take on the earth and take up that same cause for unbelievers and believers. Amen. Hallelujah. And then let's look at this. Um, well, let's not look at that. Let's look at this. I want to give you an example of intercession and then we'll close and we'll pray just a little bit. I'm not, not going to keep you all night. Let's go back. So let's, intercession has been around forever. Um, intercession in the old covenant. Now, in our circles today, when we think of intercession, we think of only praying in other tongues, maybe groaning, travail. Maybe you don't know that, but that's kind of in, in Pentecostal charismatic circles. When they intercede, that's the place. But that is a place of intercession. It's not the only place of intercession. You can pray in intercession by uh, praying Psalms 2.8. Lord, you promised, uh, I claim my inheritance in this region. You promised me that you would give me the heathen for my inheritance. I ask you to send Cornerstone Word of Life church people, the people People that attend this church, I thrust them forth into the harvest field as laborers. They are ministers of reconciliation. And Lord, I pray that you would give them a word of reconciliation. I pray that when they come across someone, that they'll have a word in due season that will refresh the weary. I thank you, Father God, that you're going to put someone on their heart this week. I pray that they have divine appointments. I thank you, Father, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And they're going to, you're going to order their steps across someone who's backslidden, across someone who's lost, and you're going to give them utterance. I pray, Father, that you would give them a door of utterance that they speak boldly as they ought to speak, that they'll not be timid, they'll not be afraid. And Lord, if it's necessary, I ask you to give them boldness and courage to lay hands on the sick and watch the sick recover. And then that person get born again. What was that? I just prayed for you the prayer of intercession. And I meant every word of it. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to do? Are you ready for some divine appointments? The Lord can arrange some. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, if you just had one divine appointment a week concerning this area, and you start getting good at this divine appointment, maybe what other divine appointments might open up to you? Well, I'm just not much of an evangelist. I didn't ask you to be an evangelist, and neither did the Lord. He just asked you to be a witness. A witness of what? What you know. Well, I, I, I'm going to polish up, Pastor. I'm just, I'm gonna poli- Don't be polished. You'll come off fake and phony. Just be you. Just be you. Just care for somebody. Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, this is what he said. They were scattered as sheep that had no shepherd. And his heart was moved with compassion. So number one, harvest is not harvest until it's in a barn. Harvest is not harvest until the sheep have a shepherd. God didn't promise anyone a prophet, but he promised everyone a shepherd after his own heart. So whether they come here or not, they need to be in a church. That is the will of God. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Every sheep needs an under shepherd who is under the chief shepherd. Because every, uh, uh, the Bible says that the under shepherds have been given charge to watch over sheep's soul. Then they have to give an account for it. Harvest is not harvest until it's in a barn. Harvest is not harvested until it's in a sheepfold. And the Lord never told you to go into all the world and get people born again. He told you to go into all the world and make disciples. Amen. And so what do they got to have? Well, they got to have godly sorrow. I am reviewing a little bit. They got to have godly sorrow. Why? So that they can repent. And they can then, then they can be discipled. But the Lord wants to use you. 
Come on, don't wait forever. I, I, I get it. If it takes you a minute, it took me more than a minute. I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not pretend like we're at a swimming pool and you're in your bathing suit and I'm going to come up behind and push you. I'm going to give you some, but you're in here on Wednesday night. You can do this. Be you and do it. But start where? Well, start in prayer. Start in prayer. And then start confessing over yourself. I'm a laborer. Pastor Mark prayed, and I've been, I'm being thrust into the harvest field. Here I go, Lord. I'm willing. may not be pretty, but I'm willing. It may not be all together. It may not be polished, but here I go. I'm going to obey you. Lord, use me. Y'all quiet. I get it. No, seriously, I get it. I was you. Even as a minister, I was you. When it comes one-on-one with people, my goodness, I could fumble over my words better than anybody. Get behind a pulpit, sing in rhyme, preach in rhyme, tongues interpretation, flowing. People are like, ooh, that was good. Get me one-on-one. I was like, I'd say stupid stuff. You know why I said stupid stuff? Because I believed I would. Because <laughs> I believed I would. Somebody, maybe some of you don't know me. When Pastor Ron and I got married, anytime we went to a minister's conference, she can tell you this is the truth. It doesn't happen anymore. I got over it. I would open the door and I would get behind her and I'd say, You're on. And I'd just follow her around, let her do all the talking. Either people you thought I was very spiritual because I had nothing to say, or they thought that I was stuck up. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a combo. But I outgrew it because it's a personality trait. You know, you can trade in your personality. You know, all those personality tests are great. We'd use them around here. But you know, you can change your personality because it's in your soul. Well, that's just not who I am. That's a lie. I'm just not someone who goes and ministers to people. That's a lie. You are a minister of reconciliation. You have been given the word of reconciliation. You just don't have to do it like I do it. You just don't have to do it like the great evangelists that are on TV. You don't have to do it like Christopher Alam. You don't even need a stage. You don't even have to go to Africa. You can just do it anytime the door opens. But even before that, if you'll pray, if you'll pray, then it positions your heart. Y'all good? Y'all good? Well, I'm not going to get to it. I wanted to talk to you about Sodom and Gomorrah. And all, and, but that's, we'll pick up there. Well, that's a fun place to start next time, wouldn't it be? Sodom and Gomorrah. Just turn on your TV set. We're there again. Literally. Same, same. Do you know the world, sin doesn't look much different than it did even in Bible days. It's just more of it because it's all over social media and TV. But it's the same because he's the same devil. Same devil. Same human flesh. Same, same. But guess what? Same Jesus, same power, same God, same word, works same, same. Hallelujah. We just got to work it. Sodom and Gomorrah, just real quick. So this is intercession. Remember, the Lord, the sin was calling out for judgment. Still does. Still does. Aren't you glad Jesus took your place? Sin still calls out for judgment. The wages of it is death. 
The Lord heard some stuff come up to heaven from Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent some angels down to see if it's so. But he said, on the way, go by and visit my son, my, not my son, go visit my covenant man, Abraham, uh, Abraham, and see what's up with him over there. Because I can't do something on the earth unless we go by and talk to him about it. In other words, I'm going to give him a chance to say something about this. Isn't that interesting? That God sent some angels down to talk to Abraham before he did something on the earth even though the sin was calling out for judgment. I don't know if the Lord knew that his nephew was over there and he would have something to say about it. But remember, he did have something to say about it. Remember? The great auctioneering started. Give me 50, give me, he'll give me 45, 45. I got 40, 40, 40. Give me 30, give me 30, give me, you know, all the way down. And we couldn't even find 10. And we're going to talk about something, though. Righteous. Even in the old covenant, Righteousness. Lot was a righteous man whose soul was vexed because he lived in an unrighteous place and he didn't do anything to get out of it. Even though his position was righteous, he was living in unrighteousness. But his righteousness gave Abraham an opportunity to get him out if he would go. Because there was supposed to be more walk out, remember? The son, his sons-in-laws mocked him, mocked God. His wife, she didn't want to leave. Y'all know what happened to her. It's a mess, right? It's a mess. But Abraham, his prayer at least saved Lot. Now I teach it, you know, you hear some people who don't read the whole story and they hear somebody preach this. You know, it's like someone uh, extrab- uh, takes something out of it and makes a statement and then it becomes gospel, which is not gospel. But it's like, so I say it this way. If the Lord would, if Abram would have said, Lord, will you spare it for me so Lot doesn't have to come live with me? I believe the Lord would have. I mean, you can't prove that scripturally, but he said, yeah, if I find 10. If he had said, if you would save it for my sake, I believe he would have. But, you know, I can't prove that except for he's God. All right. Let's all stay up. We're going to pray for just a few minutes. Now, listen, um, I may pray in tongues if you're not used to that. Um, the Bible says that you pray in the spirit. Let's pray in other tongues, pray in the understanding. Um, but I'm just going to let's... Uh, Let's focus on, I want you to do this again. I want you to think of one person who you know that lives in this area um, that are not in church. They're either backslidden or they're lost and, or not in church. And um, we're, we're going to pray for them. So you don't have to call their name out loud, but you know who you're praying for. So you can either pray in tongues. Uh, so just so you know, this is legal. Um, when we pray in tongues, uh, if we, we're, now we're, we're going from a service. Because if I stood up here and started talking in tongues, and that's all I did, that's out of order. Y'all with me? Out of order. Because the Bible even talks about that. But now we're moving into a prayer set. We're moving into prayer. And so I'm not trying to communicate to you. Now I'm communicating with God. And so it does not need to be interpreted. Okay? It doesn't need to be interpreted. So we'll pray in our understanding. That's English or Spanish or Chinese, whatever your language is. Or if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Spirit. And so, but what we're going to do is we're going to, you're going to grab a hold of somebody and you're going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray a general prayer 
and we're going to go from there. So we'll just take a few minutes and we'll do that. Y'all ready? So Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We're so grateful for your word. So thankful for the heart of what you're trying to get us to do. And so I thank you for the, the intercessor, Jesus Christ, my great intercessor. And Holy Ghost, you intercede through us. And so as we look at this area and the, uh, the, 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 the people of this area that you have moved in and, and they come here for jobs, but you have something for them. And there are people that we know. And there are people that we are acquaintances. There are people that are friends. There are people that are families. There are people that are neighbors. There are people that are clients. There are people that are bosses. There are people all around us that we know. And Lord, right now, we grab a hold of one. We grab a hold of one in the spirit. We grab a hold of one in the spirit. We grab a hold of one in the spirit. And we, Lord, we pray for them. We pray that you would open the eyes of their understanding. I command if there's any spiritual blinders off on their eyes that the God of this world has put there, I command those blinders to come off. Let, let the glorious light of the gospel would come unto them. And Father, for that person, I pray that you would send a labor. If I'm that laborer, I will go. But if I'm not that laborer, I pray that you will send someone to them that they'll be able to receive from, who talks their language, who, who understands them, who would be a perfect laborer for them. So we send them forth into the harvest field. And Father, for every person in this church, those that are present and those that are with us, those that are a part of this church, I pray, Father, that they'll have a revelation that they are ministers of reconciliation and they've been given the word of reconciliation and I thrust them forth into the harvest field. Father, I pray again for divine appointments. I pray for divine appointments. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Lives altered. Lives changed because of these divine appointments. Hallelujah. Divine appointments. Strategies. Strategies. Strategies from heaven for these that are lost and undone and backslidden and have walked away. I thank you, Father. As a labrasata for the hour, for the hour, for the hour, for the hour of power, for the hour of power is at hand. How the hour of power, the harvest, the harvesting tools being administered, harvesting tools being administered, harvesting tools, glue on the hands, glue on the hands to pick up that which has fallen. As a koroboche telerabrasata, we send them forth, we send them forth, we send them forth from this place, we send them forth from this place. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that person. We thank you for that person. We pray, Father, for them. But Lord, if we're the laborer, send us. If we're not the laborer, send someone else. We expect to see a divine change in their life. They'll be born again. They'll come back to you. They'll find their place in the body of Christ. They'll be discipled. And we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. Tell you one thing. Um, We've hit this over the years, popped out, so I don't want anyone thinking that glue's going to start popping out on your hand. Now, no Elmer's is coming on your hand, okay? Um, we had a, a Reverend Opal Cruz's spiritual mom. Her name was, uh, um, oh my God, Sister Beatrice Stansky. She was a Church of God lady, um, and uh, she was uh, she part of Church of God in Cleveland. And uh, she was retired here, but she was a missionary to Israel. Oh my gosh, she had stories.
She got into places just by, uh, God used her in diverse tongues, and she got into places just by opening her mouth. She got, she got in first class in some, one time. Uh, one time she got into a place where she was never allowed to be, only the high priests were able to go in. She, 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 she did some stuff now. She's just, and by the time I met her, she's just this cute little, little lady. And uh, uh, we, right before we got married, um, a friend of ours said, I want you two to go over there before you get married. I want her to minister to you. So we went over there, and she prayed for us. And uh, she's the one, actually, that prophesied to me right before I met Rhonda that my wife was coming. And so we already had kind of a connection. So we went over there, and she took our hands, and she prayed for us. And she said one of the things that would happen to us, most everything has happened, and this has happened in limited. She said, um, your hands will be like glue to pick up the fallen grain of this area. So that's why we have a really heart yes for the lost, but especially the backslidden, yes. the fallen grain, the fa- pick, picking, picking people up. And so um, I pray that on you. I pray that on you, that your heart, our hearts together will be like that to pick up that which is undone. Aren't you glad that you're no longer undone? Aren't you glad that he saved you from the gutter, from the uttermost? Aren't you glad that you were in a dung hill, but he raised you up? Hallelujah. Amen. And so that's what that is. You know, so I want to make clear, you know, I'm not saying that Elmer's loot is going to pop out on your hands. It's a spiritual thing. What does that mean? Everywhere we go, people, th- this church, not just me and Pastor Roderick, this church, people are attracted to you and I. And we're able to help them. We're able to get them out of the kingdom of darkness and get them into the kingdom of light. I love it that you're all here. On a Wednesday night, you don't know, my heart is really pretty happy right now because I believe we're going into places together. I love it when we have great meetings. I love it when God comes. I love running around the room. I can run around the room with the best of them. But you know what's going to really start cranking all of our tractors is when people start getting born again on a regular basis. When you come to me and say, hey, Pastor, I got this person born again. Um, You know, um, here they are. This is what happened. We get them filled with the Holy Ghost. They get healed. They get into Bible Institute. They graduate. They do this. They do that. Woo! Hallelujah. God wants you to be a part of that. Go home. Hallelujah.